Everyone has a story to tell. Welcome to Dingo Talk, where we explore the experiences that make us who we are. Here's your host, Carlo Guadagnino. What's going on, Chuckleheads? I am Carlo Guadagnino. This is Dingo Talk. Welcome to week four of the football season. This week, we're heading to Widener University to talk to Coach Barniak. Um, the 3-0 Widener Pride are sitting at the top of the MAC, um, and we'll get into that. Uh, obviously, I want to preface this the way I have with a couple of the other episodes. Uh, these were recorded before the season, so you're going to hear a lot of talk about what he felt going into camp, um, and then obviously his story of going from DelVal to Mary Harden-Baylor and then finding his way to Widener. Uh, before I get any further, I want to say... Uh, make sure you follow us on X, Facebook, IG, and TikTok. The only one that's different is the Instagram page. That's dingo underscore talk. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube and Spotify, we really appreciate you. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe and the little bell for Spotify so that you don't miss out on an episode. Um, Widener's going in 3-0 against Stevenson last year. Same game. Uh, Widener had a lead at halftime, and then it kind of it got away from them in the second half. I believe when we had this conversation with him, it was two big plays that changed the outcome of that game. Um, but just to give you an idea of what this Widener team is bringing, uh, they're outscoring their opponents 43-16. to 16. They're outrushing their opponents by a significant amount of yards, and they're putting up a, just shy of 300 yards passing a game. Uh, so it should be an exciting game. I Hope you guys will stick around forever time to see who we picked for this week's uh, 10 games. I can tell you, for those of you that watched last week, somebody in the room is disappointed and it's not this guy. So uh, without further ado, really appreciate you being here. And this is Coach Barnett. What's going on, Chuckleheads? I am Carlo Guadagnino. This is Dingo Talk. And my guest this week is the head football coach of Widener College, uh, Coach Baranak. Did I get that right, Coach? Yes, sir. That was a good job. You know, hey, I, I made a mistake a couple episodes ago. I, 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 the guy gave me his name three, four times, and I mispronounced it all three times. So, um, I, with a name like mine, I'm kind of used to it, man. It's been uh, playing little league all the way through, be on the road, play, coaching now. They introduced me. Uh, it, it's a tough one to pronounce, but once you get it, I think it, I think you can remember it for a while. There's not too many Baronacks out there. I share your pain both with my last name and I have a first name that people don't understand. It's five letters and not six. They like to add the S to it because of course it has to have an S. So um, we're going to do this like we do every week. We're going to take you back in time uh, to your playing days and we're going to work our way forward. So my question for you is how did you, and you're not uh, as, as a member of the Mac, you, uh, you also played in the Mac. So how did you find your way to DelVal? Yeah, I, uh, man, so, so going back, you know, uh, grew up in a great town and in, in, uh, Southeastern Pennsylvania, uh, Bucks County, it's about 45 mm -hmm. minutes North of the city of Philadelphia. There's a lot of great, uh, football history there. A lot of great coaches and great players have come through that area. So I kind of grew up, um, you know, around the game in an area with, uh, some, some great high school football programs and, um, was just like any other kid, man, I, I was going, you know, in the fall, right, right through football to basketball to, to baseball and just never stopped. Um, just always had a passion and a love for sports. Um, and I actually, you know, uh, went, went away to college uh, first to, to McDaniel College, 
um, in, in Maryland. And uh, I was playing two sports there. I was playing football and I was playing baseball as a freshman and, um, you know, made, made a ton of mistakes, you know, and um, got to the point where, where being honest with you, it was almost, you know, um, I don't know if this is for you kind of thing. Uh, why, okay. why, why don't you go find a new path? Um, and, and I went home and uh, man, I, you know, I, I hate to say I regret it. I wish I wish I would have done things a little differently. I was just I was 17, young guy going away to college uh, and, and just wasn't mature enough to handle it. Um, mm -hmm. But I do. I, I'm a firm believer in the Lord and uh, I believe all my steps are guided and, and kind of where I'm at right now in my career. Um, and, and we'll talk about the journey. I, I just feel this is my uh, this is my calling, you know, mm -hmm. to be to be a coach. And, and every day I wake up and, and try to instill uh, some of the good things I did and, and and steer the guys away from some of the, some of the mistakes I made as a first year college student. But uh, so I had to go home mm -hmm. and learn the hard way uh, football and, and baseball were taken away from me. I was working construction uh, for my father and uh, going to a community college to get my grades back up. And uh, my dad was a high school football coach and he mm -hmm. coached uh, a bunch of different places um, here in Southeastern PA. And uh I was playing in a, a, a rec league, summer basketball league with one of my best friends, a uh, guy who was in my wedding. He transferred from Susquehanna University to Delaware Valley. And uh, he said, Mike, why don't you why, why don't you come come check out DelVal? And DelVal was about three and a half miles from from my house. Uh, and I was like, ah, you know, I don't know. Um, and I was at uh, an all star game, a Bucks County all star football game. Mm -hmm. Just watching, sitting in the stands, and I ran into um, my head coach, Jim Clements, uh, who, who's now the head coach at Kutztown University. And uh, like I said, man, my steps were guided. Uh, I, I, Greg took me up to him. My buddy Greg is the guy's name and uh, introduced me to him. And I, I, I just said, Coach, uh, this, this is my situation, and uh, I'd love a second chance. And, uh, you know, I got my grades up at the community college and was able to get into DelVal. Uh, and, and played there and had a wonderful experience. Um, and I think just the guys that I met there, uh, guys mm -hmm. that are still on their coaching staff, um, that gave me a second chance to to, to graduate and, and, and play ball. Um, I just admired them, looked up to them, and um, you know, just hey, this is this is a, the path that I want to go down. I want to be like these guys that have influenced my life, and um, you know, give back to the game. Um, so I played there for Coach Clements, um, and uh, he actually gave me my first job. So it was, uh, you know, talking to him, um, mm -hmm. talking to some other people that I think is our story. Uh, this this conversation goes along the ties um, to to my career and the people who've influenced me and Widener University. I just it, it's always going to go back to this is where I'm meant to be. Um, and, and that's why I'm so happy here. But, um, yeah, I played at Delaware Valley, had a wonderful experience. I was a part of some great football teams. Um, my career got cut a little short. I had an injury um, and uh, it was kind of kind of upsetting to me. Things were going going really well, getting a lot of time and, and, and fitting in in that locker room. And uh, we had a, had a good season, was coming back looking for uh, the next year, kind of finishing out my playing career. Um, had an injury in my neck and it kind of just was the time for me to to kind of take the next step in my, in my life. And, um, you know, I thank God every day for coach Clem, man, uh, such a good man. And, uh, he said, Mike, why don't, why don't you start coaching football? And, uh, I, I think it took two seconds. And I was like, yes, I'm <laughs> in. 
And, uh, and that's how the journey began for me. And uh, I ended up graduating from DelVal uh, with my bachelor's degree, ended up getting a master's degree. Um, so, you know, I, I try to tell my players all the time, it, it's not how you start, man. It's, it's how you finish and kind of keep your head down and be resilient. And uh, I think that's what what I've done in my career. And I, and I try to pass that on to my guys. Now, did growing up around a, co- a high school coach kind of was that ma- did that make it easier to get into coaching or was it? kind of a mix of being around coaching and the fact that for the second time in your college career, kind of football was abruptly taken out from under you as a kind of a mixture of both. Yeah. I think I've always wanted to be a coach, man, since I was in middle school. I mean, if you looked at, and that's probably part of the problem, my first time around, <laughs> um, you know, my attention span, maybe for some of the things I should have been paying attention to wasn't as great as, as sport. You know, mm-hmm. I was the kid that uh, still to this day, I, some of the guys on our coaching staff right now, we're in that transition between camp and some vacation time. I, I don't do that. My vacation is tonight when we're done, I'm going to watch the home run derby because yep. I love sports. You know, I watch the basketball playoffs and, and, and my life was just consumed by that. Um, and then when I had to, to, to move, get out of that comfort zone of being mm-hmm. at home and being around a coach's son and someone waking you up and pushing you and doing that stuff and had to do it on my own. I just had a little growing up to do. I'm glad I finally was able to do that, but but I think it helps influence the way I coach and the way I teach. Um, but certainly, man, the town I grew up in, uh, in Bucks County, some some legendary high school football coaches, legendary high school football teams. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I grew up in a town called Chalfont, so the town right over from us was Doylestown, which um, you've probably seen the last game, uh, CB West and, and the, the dynasty of the 90s and the PIAA. Um, that was my town, you know, so we looked up to the high school football players, uh, mm-hmm. Coach Petten, who who has passed away. There's a statue of him in our town. So I think um, just just being attracted to those type of guys, those pillars of our community and, and the way those guys influenced me it was something that I've always had had in my heart, um, maybe even more so than playing. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I had dreams of being the shortstop of the Phillies or, you know, a starter for the Steelers or something. I'm a Steelers fan, actually. But um that's right. You know, I, I just, you know, coaching was always where it was going to go. I, I couldn't see my life um, without sport because truly everything, everything I have in my life is because of, because of sport um, mm-hmm. relationships with my friends, every guy in my weddings through sports, uh, my family, because of my father being a coach, um, my, my wife met my wife at, at my first job. She's a Del Val girl and played uh Played softball, was a great player there. And um, she was a manager for the team when I was a student assistant. And, you know, so everything, everything I have has been given to me through the game. And I just, uh, I feel just my steps have been guided. And, and, mm-hmm. and that's kind of where I'm at now. So I, I, I'm blessed to grow up in the town I grew up in. And um, I'll be back there in a couple of weeks for, for a, uh, a youth camp in the same little league organization that I was in. And it's just a, it's a great sports and football community. And, and I'm blessed to grow up in, in Bucks County for sure. Well, and it's great. Not only, not only that side of the state, but the state as a whole, I mean, you have, you have a lot of, a lot of on, on both sides. I don't know much about central PA, but I know the East side and the West side of the, of the state are, are pretty well dominated. Um, so staying on the East side of the state, why in 2012, and I think I know the answer to this, but why Villanova? Why was Villanova where where you kind of after Delval? Why was that where you found yourself? Yeah, I think that was just uh, obviously a wonderful program. Mm-hmm. Um, Coach Talley was the head coach at the time, and a legendary head coach. 
Um, it's just an opportunity for me to go somewhere else at a different level, um, an opportunity to learn, to grow, uh, to, to see a different type of game. I was a D3 player, started out in Division Three, get to go be around uh, scholarship football, um, see how they operate on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, so it was a really good experience, uh, learned a ton. Um, and, and uh, you know, had, we had a great team in 2012, went, uh, you know, won the uh, CAA, which in, in FCS football is as tough a conference um, as there is in the country. Yeah. Um, and, and we're able to make the NCAA playoffs. And, um, you know, it, it, it was a cool run. Got to, you know, for the first time, a D3 guy getting on an airplane, traveling to games and, and, and yeah. staying in hotels every every game day. And, and just, just those experiences – um, that just kind of help, you know, go into your Rolodex as a coach and, and, um, you know, you rely on every place you've been, uh, the mm -hmm. good and the bad and, 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 uh, try to, try to build, you know, build, build our program, um, with, with some of the things that they did and they still do a great job and, and they're right down the road from us. And, uh, you know, it was just a great experience in 2012. Now, can I, can I ask, uh, so Prior coaches, we've talked to them about the big difference between, you know, the division one, division two, those are the scholarship guys and division three. And that's the, everybody knows that's one of the biggest differences, if not the biggest difference. Everybody else I've talked to, they've said that the noticeable difference between division one and two and division three is the guys up front. Is that where you can really see a difference between the players at division one and two, and then the, the division three level. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. Um, you know, don't get me wrong at the FCS level, there's some skill position guys that are, that are elite and go mm -hmm. on to have long, you know, tremendous NFL careers and they're a different notch above. Um, but I think certainly it, it's up front. We've had a lot of great players here at Widener, my time at Del Val um, from a skill standpoint um, that, that are, that are very talented could play yeah. at, at any level. I believe that. And, um, you know, certainly at some of the places I've been, you know, when I was down in Texas, the guys on our roster were phenomenal players that, that could play FCS football in a second. Um, but the difference is I think up front, you're talking, you know, D three is the opportunity for the six foot, six foot one, 260 pound guy to, to start at left tackle and be, and be yeah. a great player. Um, you're not going to see that when it's, uh, you know, Towson versus Villanova, they're, they're, they're big men out there. Um, you know, um, and, and yeah, I would say up front is, is certainly a, a, a difference for sure. Now you, you brought up your, your time in Texas and, and that program that you came from was they make a name for themselves almost every year. They're in that, they're in the division three playoffs almost every year. It's Mary Harden Baylor. Uh, how did you find your way down to Texas? Yeah. So I, I had left Villanova, um, mm -hmm. went back to Del Val. Um, and, and was coaching there again for another season, uh, season or two. I can't, you know, get the, the, the numbers all wrong. But uh, and, and then Coach Clem took the job at Kutztown. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was an opportunity. I saw a position that was opened up um, down there at Mary Harden Baylor. Obviously knew, um, knew that the program, um, knew, knew the success they had, the type of resources they had. Um, and I wanted to challenge myself. You know, I, I had kind of been in that southeastern PA uh, you know, region with, with all my knowledge and my network. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I wanted to go somewhere else and I wanted to challenge myself and, and, and coach football in, in, in the biggest football state there is. So, so to go down to Texas and experience that um, was absolutely phenomenal and, and, and totally instrumental in my career. Um, and, and it is one of the best experiences that I've ever had. 
for certain. Now, what what is what's Texas football like when you're talking at the college level? Because obviously, we know even even down to the the what is it the tykes or whatever that they put on TV every once in yeah. a while. They're they're getting way more exposure than either one of us were getting in Eastern or Western Pennsylvania. So, what is the atmosphere? What's a game day like? What's it like to be in Texas in the fall? It's it's awesome. If you love football, it's a place to be. Um, you know, obviously you can you can look on the internet and see what Mary Harden Baylor is. I think the mm-hmm. resources um from the middle school to high school to the college level down there are are awesome. Yeah. Um we we've during our playoff runs, we've we've had some bad weather down in Texas and and uh some weather that I never seen up here. When it rains down there, it really rains. Um and, and we went to a high school, local high school, Waco Midway. Uh, and practiced in their indoor facility. And this is 120 yards long. I mean, a hundred yard weight room. It was wow. the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. So, you know, being on the coaching staff and having a responsibility, I was kind of walking in there um, more, more eyes wide open, shocked that, wow, this is, this is big time. They really love football. Um, I lived in, in, in Temple, Texas, which, uh, you know, is the home of Mean Joe Green for, for the Steelers fans that might be listening out there. So, um it's every high school down there, every town, every community has so much pride uh, in their team, in, mm-hmm. in, in, in the young men and young women and everybody who participates in the the, the show that is Friday Night Football. Um, yep. So we would have our walkthroughs at our stadium on Fridays. And uh, by the time we would get out of there, uh, Belton High, which was right down the street, kind of across the street from our practice facility at Mary Harden Baylor, there'd be people all over the it, it was a five, 10 minute drive that would take myself and my roommate, another guy I was coaching with down there, 30, 45 minutes. We'd be taking back roads and learning li- little country roads in, in Belton, Texas, just to get to Temple. Um, and, and it's just a, a testament to how much they love football. Um, a Saturday down down there at Mary Harden Baylor is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, so for, for any of the D3 football fans that are out there watching or listening, if you have an opportunity to go check out Crusader Stadium and a game down there, it's uh, second to none. Uh, it's it's the most beautiful Division Three stadium there is, uh, without a doubt. And I uh, was just blessed to to learn from Coach Fredenberg and Coach Harmon and uh, Coach Lee and and the guys down there. And, and mm-hmm. uh, man, the the people in Texas are, are that Southern hospitality is a real thing. You know, I could pick up my phone and tell you stories right now. If I I called Coach Fred, who's who, who in my opinion is second to Nick Saban, man. He, mm-hmm. He's he, he's as great as it gets. And uh, I could call him right now and he'd answer because because that's the type of man he is. And I think that that part of my journey, guiding my steps, taught me uh, taught me that he's a servant leader. And, um, you know, and that, that's what I try to be. So he, he's certainly a guy that um, I, I admire and have great respect for uh, and everyone down there. So it was uh, it was awesome. And uh, Texas football is the real deal, man. So. You spend two seasons down there. Is that right? Uh, yes, 15, sir. 15 and 16. 16. Yes. What made you want to come back up? And listen, when we do the, at the end of this show, my girlfriend, we do an editorial at the end. She's (laughs) going to question you a little bit of the leaving Mm -hmm. Texas and coming back up to North. She's not big on the snow or any of that. So I understand um, what brought you back home. Uh, What brought me back home was a couple different reasons. Um, One, my, my wife. So I was getting married during that time we were getting married. Um, and, and she's from Delaware. So I'm from little North of Philadelphia. She's from Delaware. Widener's kind of right there in the middle. Um, perfect for the family, for us to start a family. 
um, and, and had an opportunity to to uh, join a university here at Widener and a program here that's full of tradition. Um, played against them, knew knew what they're about, and, and uh, just thought it was a great opportunity uh, to be closer to family and, and coach football at a, at a great place. And I think some of the ties back to my playing career, you know, my position coach at Delaware Valley is a Widener grad. Mm-hmm. Coach Clements was a Widener grad. Um, the, the most legendary coach and college Hall of Famer here from Widener is Bill Manlove. He's a consultant on their staff and lives in Doylestown. These are guys that have been influential in, in, in my life um, and knew that they were here, just knew that this was a good place full of good people and an opportunity for me to come uh, as a young assistant coach and, uh, you know, kind of start my family and get back closer to home. Um, it wasn't an easy decision. It's never easy to, to walk away from the number one team in the country. Um, but, but like I said, you know, my, my path's kind of guided and uh, I just, it, it just felt right in my heart. That this is where I needed to be. Um, for myself and my wife and uh, and our family, and uh, I've been blessed. It's it's been been a great decision. And then you know, two years in, on top of you get to come home, you start your family at Widener, and then two years later, the the call comes to you're no longer going to be a you're gonna you're no longer going to have just one room. You're going to have all the rooms because you're the guy. So yeah. how did that come about? Well, I I, I came up here. Um, in, in 2017, I was the offensive line coach mm-hmm. um, and, and was set to be, be the O-line coach again in 18. And about two weeks uh, prior to, to camp, the offensive coordinator had left to become the head coach at Defiance College um, out in Ohio. Um, and, and Coach Kelly, uh, who, who gave me the position here as our head coach at the time, um, you know, I called him and I said, hey, I'm ready to do this. Let me call the plays. And and. Uh, he he gave me the reins to that, and, and um, it, it was awesome. And uh, you know, we 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 didn't win as many games as we had hoped for, but uh, we did score a good amount of points. And and I was able to start implementing some of the stuff that I had learned at, at my different stops. Mm-hmm. Um, and prior to the eighteen season, there was a coaching, or after the eighteen season, there was a coaching change made. Um, it was myself and the defensive coordinator were were left here in the building. Um, and, and, uh, we, we, we didn't know what to do. So that was one part of my coaching journey that I hadn't been through yet. Um, you know, they, they always say coaches are kind of hired to be fired or w- whatever those sayings are. And I, uh, I, you know, called my wife and, and, and said, maybe this is the time I'll, I'll wait for that knock on my office door and see what happens. And it never came. Um, and then, so to go back to the, the ties to Widener, mm-hmm. uh, I made a few phone calls. I, I called coach Clem to get his advice. Who played here? I, I called Coach Manlove to get his advice. Um, Coach Manlove said, "You know, uh, why don't you walk down and talk to the athletic director and just see, see where they're at in the process?" And uh, so I went down, had a conversation with Jack Schaefer, who's our athletic director here, a uh, wonderful man, uh, and just said, "Hey, Coach, um, I, I don't know any better than to keep working. So I'm going to go hit the road uh, with the DC, and we're going to keep recruiting." And when I get back at the end of the week, I'm going to start the uh, off-season program, and, and we're just going to go until a decision's made. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not naive enough to realize that if you bring someone else in, I might not have a spot here much longer. Um, and uh, we had a good conversation. He said, well, why don't we make you the interim head coach? And uh, so I said, okay, well, give me give me a night to think about it. And, uh, you know, I kind of went back and talked to Coach Manlove again, and uh, he gave me some great advice. He said, go back in there tomorrow and say you'll be the interim head coach. Uh, but guarantee that you get a spot to, to interview. Give me a mm-hmm. shot to interview if I take this. And um, and I talked to Jack again, and he agreed to that. 
and and then I just went to work, just put my head down and and, and coached our kids, you know, because at the end of the day, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a grown man. So if they, if they let me go, they let me go. I pick myself up by my bootstraps and figure it out. Um, but I couldn't let these kids uh, start preparing for a season without a coach and not go to the weight room and not check their academics and, and not do all the things that I, that I know they needed. Um, so I did my best to do that. And, and, and we were a, uh, you know, a skeleton crew. It was myself and, and uh, Coach Dan Connor, uh, who, who was my first D.C. here. Now he's up at Penn State. And, uh, you know, we were in it together, man. And, and we recruited 50 kids that year. The two of us brought in 50 kids to the school. Um, we, we, we maintained everything and we waited uh, to, to, to hear after the interview. And I'd say, uh, you know, I, I don't know the exact date, but, but I remember the day vividly. Uh, it, it was later in the spring and um, Coach Schaefer called me into his office and he said, uh, you know, we, we'd love to make you the 25th head coach in, in Widener football history. And, uh, man, it was, a, it was a heck of a day. I remember the first thing I said was just just give me five minutes to, to call my wife, Erin, because um, she'd been there with me every step of the way, moving across mm -hmm. the country and coming back. I called my mother and father. Um, and, and uh, you know, my dad, funny, was, was, well, did you take it? And I said, no, I don't think I have. You know, I'm sitting here calling everybody excited. <laughs> Let me go back down there and say yes. And uh, so I went down there and said yes. And, and uh, we started building a staff and, and was off and running. And, um, you know, was, was able to pull on some of those resources, um, you know, the guys that I've met along my way to to help me to, to get to where we're at. And, and I'm mm -hmm. excited about it. So, Coach, what's the recruitment area for you guys? What's the what's the I guess the backyard recruitment area? And then obviously we'll we'll expand out on that. Yeah, we're here, you know, obviously here in southeastern PA, you kind of draw that two and a half hour, three hour radius, that circle around us, which is going to hit. Uh, hit New Jersey. It's going to hit Delaware. It's going to hit Maryland. Um, so that's kind of our our bread and butter areas that we're in recruiting. Um, mm -hmm. You know, for for our total conference, there's a lot of competition up here in the Northeast. Uh, but I think one thing that separates us a little bit is some of the majors that we have here at, on campus. Um, if if you want to come and play four years as a nurse, you can do that here at Widener. Uh, wow. and, and you know, being in the sixth largest market right outside of Philadelphia, the opportunities for co-ops. Um, the experiential learning, the jobs that our guys can get uh, when they come to our program is, is incredible. Um, mm -hmm. So the nurses, the engineers, uh, we can kind of expand a little further to, to hit some of those specialized type of majors that, hey, I want to go to Widener because they offer this. Uh, so it allows us a little bit of a uh, wiggle room. Um, so you'll see, you know, we've had guys from New York. We've had guys from Texas. Mm -hmm. um, on our team. So I, I think it's a really great area to recruit, a great school to recruit, um, you know, uh, wonderful academics, wonderful people. Um, so it's, it's a really good spot. Now there's a ton of competition up here, but, you know, from an academic standpoint, uh, location standpoint, uh, and, and our alumni and, and the networks that, that you can build here, uh, I think it's a great place to be. Now put us in the room. If, if we're, if you have a recruit watching or if, if I was a recruit, What's that conversation like when they when you get the the young man on campus? Yeah, you know we're just going to show them around. Uh, the biggest thing for for me is showing them our personality. It's building a relationship uh, in recruiting. Um, and, and the number one thing is we're going to sell the school. You know, this is a place where uh, it's a it's a volunteer army, so to speak, playing Division three football. So you want to make sure that that at night um, when the guys put their head on the pillow, this is where they they want to be. Um, they can they can feel happy here pursuing what they want to do. 
Um, and then we talk a ton about the opportunities that are given to you here at Widener. Mm -hmm. um, when you look at, at our alumni network and some of the success that have come directly out of football, I don't know if there's a place in the country that has board of director members, multiple that are, that are ex-football players from the university. We have that here. Um, we are, like I said, in the sixth largest market, 10 minutes away from center city, Philadelphia. Um, so we talk to our kids about when the ball stops bouncing, what, what's your education going to do for you? And here at Widener, we believe we can put ours up against anyone in the country and, and produce some wonderful graduates. And, and, and while we're doing that, we have a ton of tradition and we expect to play uh, some big time football games. And, and that's what we're trying to build to, um, you know, and then I like to try to debunk some of the things that were told to me in the recruiting process. You know, I, I, I'm a coach. Right. And uh, I love sports. So I signed up for sports management. You know, and there ain't nothing wrong with a sports management degree. All right. Mm -hmm. But that's a business degree. OK, if I wanted to coach my whole entire life, I should have went into education. I'd have been happy getting up every day and teaching, doing what I'm passionate about doing and influencing people's lives. So I want to make sure that the young men that come through our doors and come onto our campus have all the information they need. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of things that are said in the recruiting process. Um, you've probably heard it's not a four year commitment. It's a 40 year commitment. You know, well, it's not true, not here at Widener, because if you're 18 years old in 40 years, you're 58. And I believe you've got a long life to live. And if your degree and your university and your coaches that you played for and the men in that locker room that you've built relationships with aren't there at 58, then then we fail. I feel like yeah. I failed as a coach at, at doing my ultimate my ultimate job, uh, mm -hmm. which is getting guys when that ball stops bouncing to be able to go out and provide for their families and find something that they're extremely passionate about. Absolutely. And then the next one is, you know, for me, is I tell them all the time, the other one that I like to debunk is it's not who you know, it's, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And we've all heard that one. And the great thing about Widener is our whole university buys into this. That's just not true, okay? I said I'm a Steelers fan, right? I've been yeah. to OTAs. I watch every game. I watch everything about Mike Tomlin. I know exactly who he is, right? But if I want to coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers, it don't matter how much I know Mike Tomlin. He better get to know Mike Baranek and what yeah. value I bring to his organization and how I can help the Pittsburgh Steelers win a Super Bowl. Widener takes that on. And with our co-op programs in nursing, in engineering, in business, the, the opportunities in the city, um, you know, the clinicals for the people in the medical field, where they're sending people, using our network, they understand that. And we're going to mm -hmm. sit and talk with our kids from the advisors all the way down to us as football coaches. And we're going to ask them the same thing you would ask a fourth grader. What do you want to be when you grow up? Right. Yeah. Because I wanted to be a football coach. And if someone along my way at any of those places would have said, what do you want to be? And I said, a football coach, maybe someone would have said, well, why don't you get into education? Mm -hmm. So we talk to our guys and our university talks to people all the time. And, and it, it, it's about who knows you. So what do you yeah. want to do? Well, I want to be an engineer and I want to make airplanes. Okay, well, great. Ten minutes down the road is Boeing. We're going to send you there for your co-op. Young man, young lady, there's your chance. Go make the most of it. And, and that's the type of education you're going to get here at Widener. And, wow. uh, you know, and then I'm going to coach you really hard because I love football and I love to win and, and everybody loves to win. And, and that's that makes the experience even better. So we're going to be honest with you, coach you hard. Um, and at the end of the day, you're going to walk away with a degree that's uh, you know going to serve you and your family for a long time. And mm -hmm. uh, the university will always be in your corner. And uh, that, that's proven every day by the amount of alumni that come back, our brotherhood. Uh, it's just a great place to be, man. Now, 
let's uh, quickly, we're going to jump back to 2022. Uh, we've, we're, as we're getting ready to roll into camp and, and yeah. start the 23 campaign, um, just your, now that you've had time to think about it and look it over and watch <laughs> the film, what's the, what was the overarching theme of 22 and then what's the message going into 23? Yeah, I think the overarching theme of, of, of 22 was, um, you know, self-reflection, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? We, we, we lost nine starters on defense from a team in 21 that was second in the conference in, in total defense that played in a bowl game um, that was, was, you know, taking the next steps. And we kind of took a step backwards. So we did a lot of evaluation in the spring. Uh, what can we do better uh, from a weight room standpoint, from a health standpoint, from, uh, you know, educating our players on rest and recovery um, from changing the way we practice um, and constantly evaluating that because we know um, we, we believe and know that we we've got some talented you know, guys in our room that have done it um, and they're coming back this year in 2023 and we're excited about it. We got to get them to Saturday. You know, we can't be losing guys midweek um, yeah. to, to things that we can prevent. And uh, I think that's all part of the, the the learning curve for me as a younger head coach. Um, but, you know, I, I, I put it all on myself. You know, I had to go back and, and this didn't work. At the end of the day, winning three ball games is not it's not OK. Um, and we're going to fix that. Um, so, you know, I point the finger right at myself and, and what can I do differently to put these guys in a better situation? And I think we did that. We had an extremely uh, productive spring. Uh, we got those guys back healthy. Our medical staff here uh, with our athletic trainer, A.J. Duffy, our team doctors, uh, the people at the university uh, have, have got our guys, you know, patched up and ready to go and healthy and, and they're excited. And then we had the opportunity because of last year playing with, with, with so many guys out for injury, a lot of young guys that got a lot of, a lot of playing time out there and some experience that we saw in the spring emerge as, as guys who can help us. So mm-hmm. we're really fired up to get started here in August. Um, and I think the overall arching theme is the same thing. That's the theme of our program as the pride, the pride of lions is to keep hunting. You know, some days the lion gets up, he catches the gazelle. Some days he doesn't. The lion doesn't really take uh, too much time to sulk and pout about it. He gets up the next morning and he keeps hunting. Um, And that's what we've been doing. We brought in some really good players in our recruiting class this year. We got our guys healthy. We've developed other ones. Um, Now we're excited to go out there. And the biggest thing for me is is I know those guys are hungry. We were embarrassed last year. Uh, And, and, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, I think sometimes um, it could have been the best thing for us. I I believe in my heart. Um, talk. I, I know I talk a lot about those guided paths and and that my my, my steps are guided. But I believe uh, at some point as we build this program to what my vision is and what our vision is here as a university for our football program, we will look back on 2022, three and seven, and uh, be very thankful that that happened. Um, because I, I think sometimes you can find a lot of uh, you know you, you you can find a lot of holes in your system of what you think's working, and you can change it. Uh, and, and change the mindset and the culture of our players in the locker room because they felt the embarrassment. They knew that they were better than what they put on film. And, um, you know, we're just eager to go out there this year and compete again. And uh, I, th- I think it'll be a, a great learning lesson. Uh, let, staying with 2023, or more or less overarching since you were back, you were you played in it and now you're coaching in it again. Uh, what is the, where does the MAC rank? Because, you know, so we've had the OAC, which has dubbed themselves the SEC of Division Three. We've had I, – I played in the PAC. I've talked to a lot of those coaches throughout this series. We're starting to get Liberty League and Landmark – got some Landmark teams. But but the MAC, there, it seems that, that that top four, top five 
is kind of well the top one seems to be so and that does not mean that in 2023 that can't be changed but <laughs> it seems that delval sits there and then it's kind of a race for that two three four spot in in the conference what makes the conference so good um i, I you know Back to when I played played in it, you know, so you're talking the early 2000s and even prior to that, I think you've seen a bunch of teams mm. win it. You know, DelVal's going on their run. Widener's had their runs. Albright's had their runs. Lycoming's had their runs. Now Lycoming is gone. Um, you know, Stevenson is, is a tremendous program down in Maryland. Um, you know, but, but every week I think you just got to bring it. You know, I mm. don't – I think because of the area that we're in, we're all competing against each other. Um, you know, and, and yeah, delval has been running it for, for the past couple of years and everybody's, um, chasing them. Um, but I think, you know, from being in that program and coaching in that program, I know those guys preach the same things that, Hey, we can't just come out here and expect to win, uh, you know, each week they got to prepare and they, they've mm -hmm. got to be ready to play on Saturdays. And I just think from top to bottom, any given Saturday, anything can happen in our conference. There's really good football coaches. There's really good football players. Uh, the universities are in really good football areas um, that I just think it's a really good conference, you know, and, and I think uh, when some of our teams make it into the playoffs and you've seen DelVal recently, we can go on a little run. Now, I, I, I'm not naive uh, because I've been at, at UMHB and I know those teams there. There's a certain point where you get to where I don't know, you know, how, how do we how do we match up out of the east? It's been really tough in Division mm -hmm. three football. There hasn't been a representative in the east in the Stag Bowl in, in, in quite some time. Um, and it's not because the football's not great. It's not because the coaching's not great. It's because we're picking each other's players off, you know, yep. um, you know, Mary Harden Baylor and, and, and I love those guys and they run a first class program, but, but, you know, they're in Belton, Texas, which is 30 minutes South of Waco right on I-35. Uh, and then their rival Harden Simmons is in Abilene. Yep. So pull up a map and, 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 you know, do the bus ride to Abilene where you're, you know, next great competition is, well, Delval is 45 minutes from us. Yeah. Stevenson's an hour from us. Albright's an hour from us. We're all competing against each other in a, in a spot that is, um, you know, really, really contested. We have mm -hmm. every level of football right in this area from power five all the way down to, 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 to some sprint teams that, you know, yeah. so, so there's, there's that. Um, but you know, our league's awesome, man. You can't take anyone for granted. You can't sleep on anyone. Uh, great players, great coaches, great atmospheres. And, uh, you know, it's exciting. It's exciting to be, be in the Mac. And I think, um, you know, the team that comes out of the Mac, I think represents itself pretty well, uh, in, in the playoffs. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to find games up here, you know? So you, I think a testament to our conference as well is where they go, you know, coaches mm -hmm. going out to find their non-league games, I think we're we're a conference that tests ourselves, um, you know, and, and guys aren't afraid to go play people. And, and uh, you know, that's good. And then, obviously, so we talked about the conference. What is the significance of Division Three? So for the for those players that maybe, and you talked about kind of dispelling the the rumors and what gets told to players a lot of times. There's, there's I don't know how many high schools across the country. There's a hundred, maybe a hundred kids on each one of those football teams. One percent of those hundred kids are going to go to Division One. One percent of the one percent are going to go to the NFL. Why is Division Three a good place where you can end your athletic career, finishing up doing what you love to do, and getting a degree? 
Yeah, I, I think people don't realize how competitive it is. Um, I think every team in the country sees young freshmen, first-year mm-hmm. students coming into their program that think, oh, it's D3. Maybe I don't have to do this or that. Um, but the programs in the country that are the best, um, they're putting in the same 20 hours that the NCAA allows. They're watching the film. They're lifting. Um, they're, they're, they're practicing. They're mm-hmm. putting in extra time. Um, so I think it's just a way that um, you can continue playing a sport that you love at a very, very high competitive level where the expectations are to play for championships and win. Yeah. There's a championship at the end of it with one team carrying that trophy on ESPN and the Stag Bowl. That's cool. Um, but at the same time, you can also compartmentalize and walk off that field at the end of the night and, and put your effort into something else. Mm-hmm. Um, not saying at the other levels that those guys aren't going to, to school to be student athletes, but I think it's the true definition of a student athlete. You're getting guys in our program that are taking 21 hours in chemical engineering yeah, and they're not missing a lift. They're not missing a team meeting. They're not late for anything. And to do that, the type of, of character that it takes, the type of determination that it takes, the type of effort that it takes, it takes a special person. And mm-hmm. I, I, I would love uh, just, you know, from this talk, more people watch this to realize that there's a lot of great football played at the division three level with a lot of talent and those guys are putting in more work than you could imagine. Uh, and, and I think it's just a place where those guys could could do both. And mm-hmm. if you're a guy like me, which I think majority of the guys who sign up for that volunteer <laughs> army of D3 football are, that they love it and they're willing to commit to something like that, who else would you rather be around? I mean, that's those true. are the best guys to be around. Talk about the learning experience by sitting next to a guy that's grinding his way through college and, and, and never missing anything. Um, that's a testament to, to who they are, the families that come through these D3 programs. And it's why if you look out there in the world, I'd be hard pressed to find any major company in the country that doesn't have some form of a D3 athlete in a very high, high position uh, because they just know how to work. And uh, they know how to find a passion, something that's passionate to them and, and put all their uh, all their energy towards it. And that's why I love it. You know, um, I, I like to tell our coaches and I like to try to be the best two hours of that kid's day. You yeah. Know? You're playing football, man. And it's college football. And don't, have fun. don't worry about what's going on in, in chemical engineering right now. Let's have fun for these two hours and make this great. And then when you walk off that field, go be the best chemical engineer that Widener's ever had. And, uh, you know, and, and we give them the free reign to do that. And I think the coaches at the Division three level, certainly here at Widener and across the country, um, support those guys in that effort. You know, at the end of the day, I want to win as bad as anybody you've talked to on here. And they all want to win, all right, because mm-hmm. we love it and we're competitive. Um, but the number one thing that 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 is my calling is to make sure that these guys are set up for when that ball stops bouncing. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to support them. Uh, win, lose, or draw academically, socially, emotionally. Uh, and, and I think that's what makes Division Three football special. Um, you know, we, we, we probably put a little bit more pressure on ourselves at the Division Three level uh, in, in the coaches' offices than, than, than maybe there actually is, you know? Yeah, it, makes sense. If we, have a t- if we have a tough loss, yeah, it stings. It stings me just like it does an FBS coach, uh, but it's not on ESPN. I, I, I You know what I mean? I got to – they're not writing about me in the paper. You know, sometimes we're in Philly now. Sometimes I'll come off that field and they'll, 
they'll give me the boo birds and that's okay. Cause I deserve it. But um, you know, I, I, I really got to be a father figure when they're away from their father, you know, motherly when they're away from their mom. And um, you know, at the end of the day, win, lose or draw, I got to love them. And I got to understand that they're here for a bigger purpose. And the more I can pour into them from an academic standpoint, socially, emotionally, football is going to take care of itself because they're going to want to come out here. They're going to want to train. They're going to want to work hard and they're going to want to be around us. And when you do all those type of things, good things happen on Saturday. So, so that's the approach I take. All right, coach, this part of the show has nothing to do with football. It's just about you. These are the five random questions. Uh, They go, they come out in rapid fire. If you could live anywhere in the country where, or anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? Oh, geez. Uh, Anywhere (laughs) in the world. Anywhere in the world. Man, uh, I love my time in Texas. You know where I'd want to live if I could live anywhere in the world? Right down there in Pittsburgh, somewhere in the city in a nice high rise right there by the baseball stadium and and uh, Heinz Field, old Heinz Field. I don't know what they call it now, um, but so that always looks beautiful. The, uh, the land of bridges, the city of bridges. I think that would be pretty cool uh, to live right down there in, in Pittsburgh. And I wouldn't have to cut my grass if I had one of those nice, nice penthouses. <laughs> What is the most important lesson that you've learned to this point over your career? Seek wise counsel. Uh, surround yourself with, with, with guys that are going to push you every single day to be better. And I think if mm-hmm. you look at my staff, uh, we got national champions on my staff. We have guys with uh, 30 plus years of college coaching experience on my staff. I surround myself uh, with wise counsel. Uh, the day you think, you know, you, you know, all the answers is the day you're going to get beat. I certainly don't have all the answers. I'm not the best coach in the world. So I try to go out and surround myself with them, uh, and make sure that I got wise counsel in that cell phone, coach Fredenberg, coach Clements, coach Greco, Adele Val, uh, mm-hmm. coach Tally and, and the guys on my staff. So seek wise counsel would be my advice to, uh, to, to any coach. If you weren't coaching, what would you be doing and why? Man, if I wasn't coaching, what would I be doing and why? I don't know. Like I said, going back to going back to college, there wasn't there wasn't much else, uh, you know, much else for me. Uh, it was sports. I'd probably be uh, something involved in sports. You mm-hmm. know, maybe I would have been a uh, an athletic trainer or, uh, you know, slinging Coors Light at the Phillies game. I, I don't know, man, but something something where I could be around sports and, and, and do it on a daily basis. What's the best compliment you've ever received? I love you from my kids. What's the best insult you've ever received? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, you see, there's man. a catch-22 on that. Yeah, probably, probably hearing hear my, my daughter and my son tell me that, you know, Daddy, I love you. That's, you know, you can't get better than that. Uh, the worst insult I've received, um, oh, man, <laughs> like I said, man, we're, we're in Philly. So I, I you know, tough. Some, sometimes when I, you know, the clock, I don't manage it right. Or I, I should have went for it. I'm sure there's some things flying out of that stadium. Um, you know, but it's all good. I love our fans and I, I love where we play. So yeah, probably something like that. Something that I kind of, you know, let, let go in one ear and out the other. And then the last question, uh, was there a question you were expecting me to ask you? And if so, how would you have answered it? Wow. Um, obviously, I think when you look at my resume, uh, you know, kind of following what you've been doing and listening to some of your shows, I thought there'd be something about Mary Harden Baylor in there, the stadium, the locker room. Uh, how is it in Texas? Um, so I guess I was a little bit prepared for that. But, um, 
you know, not, nothing really caught me off guard. No. Well, coach, I really appreciate you taking the time. I will tell you this. We, uh, we're finalizing our 10 games this year. We're going to try to make it to 10 games, obviously leaving from Morgantown. We have to make sure we're in that radius. So I think it's two, three hours so we can make it for, we want to be able to see the games and the, the atmosphere and the tailgate areas and whatnot. Um, but I want to say thank you for taking the time to join us. I'm glad we could finally get this done. I feel like oh, we're going back absolutely. and forth. Absolutely. Um, I appreciate it. Absolutely. I'm glad I could have you. Uh, and for those of you sticking around, you know, we're, uh, we're going to send it over to Serenity uh, for the editorial. And uh, that's where she's going to tell me I, I probably made a bunch of mistakes and she won't have a top three for me for whatever we're going to go with this week. So, you know, stick around. We're going to have a good time. Coach, again, thank you for, for joining us. Um, and we'll be right back, Chuckleheads. What's going on, Chuckleheads? Welcome to Overtime. I am Carla Guadagnino, Serenity Brown. Uh, exciting week here in week three of the football season. Actually, week four is what we're going into. It was an exciting week in week three. We just wrapped up with Coach Barnyak with Widener University. Um, you know, we'll see where Widener does this week. Uh, 3-0 and going up against Stevenson. We'll talk about that. Obviously, we'll get to our picks. Somebody doesn't want to talk about them because it was short-lived, that rain at the top. But uh, a couple things I want to talk about. First, Mario Andretti over here is a little tight. So if she looks stiff, it's because she was in uh, multiple car wrecks <laughs> this past weekend. Um, so if you want more of that, you probably should ask those questions on the social media pages, which are Instagram, TikTok, X, and Facebook. The only one that's different is the Instagram page. It's dingo underscore talk. YouTube and Spotify, both of you, all of you that are listening on either one of those platforms, really appreciate you. Um <clears throat> So five and five, <clears throat> how'd last week go for you? I was trying to turn that way, to, but I can't do it. I don't think five and five, eight and two. Uh, that brings the records to, uh, well, DB roared up to the yeah. top of the thing. He's uh, 23 and seven. I am 22 and eight and Serenity is now 21 and nine. Listen, I'm only one. You're right. You're right. So, like, I can. My, we, we, there's still time. Hey, I'll just say this. I can bring it back. I'll let my score speak for itself. This week, we're starting off with Kings and Del Valley. Um, DB and I had a very interesting conversation about this one. This is a game that's kind of been circled for a couple people in the D3 world. So, where are you going? <clears throat> Delval. Number 25. She's taking number 25. Delval, I'm taking Kings. DB is taking Kings. Next game up is Susqu number 15, Susquehanna versus Western New England University. Uh, all three of us took Susquehanna. Susquehanna. Uh, the next game is W&J versus Teal. Teal coming off of a big victory against Bethany. Um, W&J continuing to roll. We all took WMJ. Yes. Carnegie Mellon and Grove City, uh, number 14, Carnegie Mellon. Everybody took Carnegie Mellon again. Yep. Although this game, I think, is a little curveball with Grove City yeah. riding a little bit of a high from this past week over Case Western in overtime. 
The next one you and I talked about kind of in depth, Mary Harden Baylor and McMurray. Um, they're owing three. There's a big controversy of them Listen, being ranked. They've lost to three really good teams. They, they got to break it at some point. I believe in them. I think he'll do it this week. It's a very athletic group. They have lost to three really good football teams. Um, we all did. We all took Mary Harden Baylor. Uh, Heidelberg versus number 17, John Carroll. You took Heidelberg. And DB and I took John Carroll. DB and Serenity picked the next game. I have not yet. Um, Bethany versus Allegheny. Uh, so Bethany let me down last week. I was trying to be a good alumni. So this week, I'm I'm picking Allegheny. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, after much consideration, we're going to put Boomer away for this one so he doesn't have to hear it. But uh, I am also taking the Gators, um, which probably means Bethany wins because as alumni, we're picking them. So we're yeah. picking against them, so now they'll win. Uh, number eight, St. John's versus number 19, Bethel. Uh, DB and I took St. John's. And I picked Bethel. Why not? <laughs> the next game up is Utica and Curry. Uh, all three of us picked yeah. Utica. And then the game of the week. The reason we're here, the coach that we just talked to, Widener versus Stevenson. You picked... Widener. Which is the first time all year that she has picked the team that we interviewed. Uh, and I, DB and I both picked Stevenson. Now Widener comes in 3-0. and uh, so And they have put up a lot of points this year. So that's a game that we'll be keeping our eyes on as well as that Kings-Delval game. Um, there, is a, there is a game that we did not pick this week because they're not playing. But they have slowly rose up the board and that's Whitewater. Um, they're on a bye week. So... Um, you want to talk a little bit about your racing? <laughs> I want to go take some medicine right now. All right. Well, so that's probably where we should end it because she needs to take some meds and uh, not be as stiff, hopefully, next week when we, when we do this. Uh, we'll see you next week, Chuckleheads. Thanks for checking out this episode of Dingo Talk. Don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe. For more info and to contact the show, you can find us on Twitter at Dingo Talk.